Welcome to the Pack the House Show, where we have conversations about sharing your faith as you walk through life with others. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Pack the House. I'm joined here uh, with Pastor Jason, uh, Aaron Davis, and I'm Austin Marshoni. and today we are going to be uh, continuing within our separated uh, series, uh, talking about being separated but tempted. Um, and the verse we're going to read from is uh, Luke chapter 4, uh, verse 1 and 2. It says, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. So, temptation. Woohoo! Yeah, I'm excited for this. T- yeah, right. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm excited for this one because um, we all face it. So it's a really relatable topic. That's true. All right. Can I soapbox now before we get into it? I want to hear it. Yes. Okay. So so for listeners, viewers, uh, I told these guys in our group chat late last week that I I was going to go off this morning. I have a soapbox. Um, So like, it's not going to be that crazy. uh, I don't think, but um, as I was preparing this sermon, um, and I, I, the way our process works, I had a little bit more involvement in this sermon than I have in others or that I typically do. Um, so I had a lot of time to deal with this. And as I was thinking through it and writing it, uh, something occurred to me that I think is really helpful here. Uh, and this, well, let me say it this way. This topic, this text is a really great example of, of something that I think often gets in the way of, of, of sharing our faith, of talking about faith. That's a thing that we obviously <laughs> talk a lot about here, uh, how to do that. Uh, and as it, as it, as I was preparing this, it occurred to me that uh, I don't know, I don't know quite how to lead into it without having a really long conversation. Um, but sometimes we have this. Um, as I preached it on Sunday, we have this kind of shrunken understanding of the gospel, and this shrunken understanding of what Jesus did for us, which is, um, you know, Jesus paid the price for sin. So that's an aspect of this topic, right? Um, and if you heard this, the sermon on Sunday, you heard this idea that Jesus um, went to the cross uh, to pay the price for sin, which is a true fact. Um, but if if that's all we, if that's if that's how we present the gospel, and Jesus paid the price for sin, we sort of present it like um, like a, like paying a parking ticket, right? Um, like this judicial <laughs> proceeding, um, a, a rule was broken. The rule book requires a penalty, and therefore the 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 fine is imposed. And fine transactional, very transactional. Yeah, it's more transactional. Um, Here's where that here's where that is problematic, and why I think that idea of the gospel, that that very limited understanding of what the gospel is, gets in the way of sharing our faith. Um, Because that's true, right? That that happened. That's a part of the gospel. That's a part of the good news of what Jesus did for us, and yet. I started thinking about how that sort of transactional kind of judicial proceeding um, understanding or presentation of the gospel must sound uh, to to those around us who don't yet believe. Um, what is the current? This is a, a, a audience. Well, you guys are the audience. <laughs> this is a question for you. <laughs> you are my audience. Um, what's the current understanding or attitude toward debt? You pay it. Well, no, you don't. So think about student gonna, debt. I was going to say, it seems like someone else should take care of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So so we live in a society right now that literally says, just cancel the debt. 
So we have this under, if, if we present the gospel in that way, right? I have a debt. Jesus paid the debt for me. Congratulations, or for you, congratulations. Well, our current society, our current cultural understanding is just cancel the debt. Um, and so I started I mean, thinking for about- some people. <laughs> for some, it's out there. Not everybody agrees right. with it. Um, but it, it's certainly out there. It's certainly yeah. a pervasive uh, view. Um, not trying to get political, what I am trying to say, <laughs> that's all I'm trying to say in that regard. Um, and so when we present the gospel that way, um, you had a debt and a debt was, uh, number one, it makes God look like this sort of tedious functionary type. Um, well, the rule book requires a penalty, right? Yeah. Because we live in this culture that says, just cancel it. <laughs> that's easy. <laughs> so we're presenting like the, the, the least interesting, uh, aspect of the good news and the one that is most i was gonna say to me it almost sounds like too like it's like if if your debt is just gonna get paid is already paid off and everything like that or if it's gonna continue to be canceled why not just take on more debt for it to be canceled later to me that's almost like well there's that leads into a little Um, bit of that understanding but more the way i was the way i was thinking about this is more along the lines of why wouldn't god just cancel the debt (laughs) <laughs> he could he's god right um yeah that's actually that's what i hear most often is the whole like um not necessarily canceling the debt but like it's almost like they want to they they don't need to get canceled like their debt they're like i don't right. care There's no interest on it right like it's, it's like, yeah right like, like it's, i don't care if, if it's, it's that big a concern for you just just write it off exactly and so um. it just becomes this thing where it's like it's like i don't need um, repentance for my sin. I don't need anybody to save me because I don't have this big of a thing. Like this is right. not a big deal. Right. Yeah. So let's, let's wrap this up. Um, and let me make something out of it <laughs> other than just kind of railing against it. Uh, <laughs> rather than, than presenting that one small slice of the good news of Jesus, which again, for someone who doesn't believe who, who lives in a worldview that says debt should just, can just be canceled. Mm-hmm. We present that one small slice. It's, it's, it's perplexing. Why wouldn't he just cancel it? And it's to Aaron's point, it's maybe the most, the least interesting piece. This is not a big deal for me. Um, but so here's how to kind of, here's, here's my thought for how to go beyond that. Um, cancellation of debt, paying the price for sin is a part of this, this idea of temptation. Jesus goes to the cross to pay the price for sin. And that's important in this story, but it's not the whole story. He goes to the price to he goes to the cross to pay the price for sin, so that now you and I do not face temptation alone, so that the connection between you and God is restored. Um, this sin thing is is important because it's in the way of that relationship with God that helps me uh, face temptation. But the, the the paying for sin isn't the important factor as important a factor there. I don't want to say it's not important. You know what I mean? <laughs> and when you take it out and make it transactional like that, you kind of take the love out of it, which like the whole reason. That well, he- it's super, it's super loving to, you know, to give you life for the payment of somebody else. There's love in it. Yeah. But <laughs> if you're thinking of it transactionally, right. And yeah. you're like, this person's like, this person's paying off my student loans. Like say the government was to pay off your student loans. Right. That would be like, oh, well, thank you, government, right? But that doesn't make me love the government anymore. So, you know so I mean? yeah, so so a rule was satisfied. Right. And that's great. Yes. But that's that's very much a transaction, a, a bureaucratic thing. Yeah. Um, I'll take that point, absolutely. So here's here's what I want to make out of it is, is 
when we're in any given as you as you are whether you're you, you, as you're encountering jesus right that's a weird thing to say um <laughs> as for example you are doing your own personal bible study your, your morning devotions or maybe you're in a, a small group and you're reading you're reading you know doing bible study and we think about the gospel the good news paying for sin is always a part of that um it's necessary it had to happen paying for sin is always a part of that but here's the the kind of the tool try to look for the so that what's the so that sin was paid for sin was cleared out of the way so that what what is now true for you because the sin is paid for uh, so i'll give the example from this i kind of did the example from this text the sin is paid for on the cross it's cleared out of the way so that now you have a a renewed restored connection with god you don't face temptation alone you don't face the devil by yourself so we never want to discount um you know all of us have a problem with god <laughs> all of us are sinful and broken and need his forgiveness and it was given to us we don't want to discount that right but that's maybe not the starting point that's not the answer to every <laughs> to every <laughs> gospel need right um so sometimes we can look for the the so that in there um, you know so for example <laughs> yeah, for example if i'm if i'm can i just i'll just make one comment and that'll be quiet if i'm having <laughs> coffee with a friend who says i have this I'm, I'm feeling tempted i have a temptation uh i i there's a new person at work and whatever i'm not gonna go too far um <laughs> okay there's a new there's a new person at work and i, I i'm thinking i have thoughts about her whatever the answer isn't necessarily uh, Jesus went to the cross to pay for your sin. That's true, but maybe what's true because of that is a more helpful starting point, a more helpful response in that moment. You you don't face this alone because. All right, quiet. I was just gonna say that, like, I think that you know, not only is it that so that you're not facing it alone, but you're also, you know because in this, obviously in this part of the reading, you know, Jesus was tempted himself. Like you're going through it with someone who loved you enough to, to have experienced the temptation and have to hit a fight at himself, you know? And so that's where I think that there's a lot of love in that, and that, you know, he could have fairly easily just been like, I'm powerful enough. I'm just going to save you. Cool. But like, it's, it's, um, it's more affirming to know that he also was tempted that like, that, you know, that actually gives more of that connection. Cause like, you know, when someone tries to help you and they're not going through the same situation you are in life, like that's, you know, and obviously in your scenario, it's not like Jesus was tempted by a new coworker or something like that. But, um, but it, you know what I mean? Like, it's just you know, yeah. shared experience connects you. And more. here's, here's what that means for me that, that is, might be helpful to your neighbor, to, to this person. Um, if even Jesus was tempted, it means it's natural to expect I'm going to be tempted. Um, which is to say, temptation, being tempted. And by the way, we this is, I want to make a different point. Um, we're using this, this church word temptation. Right. Um, but it's a good one. It's, a, it's an easier one because all of us, whether we're Christian or not, whether we label it temptation or not, all of us face temptations. All of us, your coworkers, your neighbors, your friends, have desires, have, um, would like to, or think about, whatever word they use, 
all of them are tempted in one way or another. Yeah, we use and they in recognize our house, it. Yeah, in our house, we use the term willpower. So, like, mm. do you have the willpower to resist that? Right. Because my husband's atheist. And right. uh, so, because tempted makes him think of sin and he's like, this I is, don't, right. And that's so, a really solid point, Aaron. Right. And so I think everybody can get down with the fact that there are some universal things that are good and bad. Like everybody would say murder is bad, mm -hmm. right? Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Right. But so, everybody so has had anger to the point where you've wanted, not wanted to physically kill somebody, but they've just driven you crazy. And it's like, right. I mean, I think everybody can get behind. I'm, I'm wishing harm on them in one way or another. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So, Aaron, I want to pause there. I want to I want to highlight that because you just gave us a really great um, a really great tool for understanding um, how to when to connect this idea. So, oh, yeah. when we hear our neighbors, when we hear our coworkers talk about um, having to use willpower, having to needing to resist something, and gosh, what. What is the, I have so many thoughts right now. Let me pause. Uh, when I, when I hear that, um, I need willpower. I need to resist something. What's the, what's the subject of all those sentences? I need. I, me, yeah. I'm, I'm alone in this either my, so, so I, I have this, this desire to do something that may wreck my life might ruin my career, might break up my family, or maybe it's not that strong. Maybe it just goes against my morals and my values, right? This yeah. is not, this is not who I want to be. This is not what I want for myself. You don't have to be a Christian to have morals and values. Um, whether, regardless of where they come from, everyone has them. This is not who I want to be. And yet I'm pulled in that direction. And so that willpower thing, I think that's a great flag. Um, what I hear yeah. in that is I'm alone in it. Either I stand up to it by myself or I get sucked in. Right. And in our house, like I, um, like I don't always do this cause I'm not a perfect, but I try to be a good example. Like, especially to my girls, like a lot of times they'll do something that's like crazy and I want to yell at them. Right. And instead of yelling at them, my first reaction is to be like, Lord, just help me with this child. Like I will mm -hmm. just stop whatever I'm doing. And like, I, my husband could be in the room, you know, like a million people could be in the room. It doesn't even matter. Like it is God and I, and we are getting through this so that I do not yell at my child. <laughs> right. right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can like relate to that situation. And that's yeah. a good witness of like, I'm being tempted to be taken over by my anger and yell mm -hmm. at this and child for doing something that I've told them a million times not to do. And, uh, just using that Jesus is helping me get through that temptation. That yeah. Example. And I, it doesn't have to be that I don't want to yell at my child or give into anger because of my Christian faith. It's right. that's just not the mother I want to be. Yes, um, exactly. Any, any mother could, I mean, maybe some are angry and okay with it, but um, <laughs> any mother could relate to that. Right. Um, right. So, and I want to back up a step too, Aaron, again, you're doing good stuff. I just want to like talk about what it is. <laughs> <laughs> because you, you, so you did it, right? You yeah. did what is the Christian response to temptation. So in our sermon this, this week and through this series, we're talking about when we say separated, we mean what's, what's different about us. How is our re reaction, our response different because we have this relationship with Jesus? Mm -hmm. You just said what it is or did it, right? I don't have to face this alone. Instead, I can turn it over to Jesus. Um, 
I don't have to pretend I don't have temptations. Please don't do that. <laughs> that is a wrong way of being separated. Exactly. Uh, if you pretend you don't have them, you are bearing false witness. You're giving a bad witness to the neighbors around you. If you say things like, I've risen above that, that's not right. a good mm -hmm. witness. <laughs> or um, I encounter Christians a lot who claim their biggest struggle is like they just can't read enough Bible uh, or they, there's not <laughs> enough days of church to go to. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is that is not your biggest your biggest struggle is lying. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so, and why is that a problem? Two reasons that's a problem. Number one, it, it, it your neighbor cannot will not see a Christ centered way of dealing with temptation if you pretend you don't have any. Mm -hmm. That's reason number one. Yeah. Number two, you don't get it, again. That's a that's a me focus. I don't want that. I don't need that. I don't really like that. Guess what? You do. Um, and so you, you, you miss out on the opportunity to do what Aaron just did, which is I'm going to turn this over to Jesus. I'm going to announce and acknowledge the temptation I have and turn it over to him. Um, and you, and you miss that connection with that other person saying that, you know, just like, as I was saying, you know, with Jesus having mm -hmm. been tempted, you miss that opportunity of saying, you know, like I may not be going and may not have gone through the exact same thing, but, my struggle you know, like, might not be I your struggle. There. Yeah, because yeah. like I mean, nothing nothing makes people want to share less about what they're going through than being told, "Yeah, dude, you're weird," or like that's mm -hmm. a weird thing to be like. What? Like, my actual you know, like, my yeah. struggle is actually I'm not great enough. Yeah, like to present yourself as I have my life together is the mm -hmm. most unattractive quality in mm -hmm. a person, and that's why that I mean that short prayer of Lord help me with this child, right? Like not just my children. I'm frustrated by a lot of people in my life, right? I think everybody is like, there's just, people are frustrating. And if you're with them long enough, you're going to get frustrated. And just to like shout out a prayer about helping mm -hmm. with this person or help me be better for this person. I say that a lot too. Um, it's just like, I think those small things are just like a way to show the person that like, I'm clearly don't have it all together. Like, all right. Yeah, absolutely. So let's assume uh, for sake of kind of tying this up in a, in a bow, let's assume we've done what Austin. So we're in, we're in a conversation with our neighbor. We've done what Austin. We've started with Austin's starting point to say, yeah, I also struggle. My, my struggle isn't necessarily exactly like that or your exact struggle, but I, I also um, have desires or or um, you know I I do the mental fantasies of things that would wreck my life um, that are not who I want to be. Um, you don't have to use the, the, the Christian word temptation. Um, but, so you've, you've done the starting point of acknowledging I'm there too, uh, in one way or another. Now then, let's assume in the conversation, now I want to share something with my neighbor of my Christian response to temptation, of this new way of responding that might be helpful and attractive to them, which is Aaron's thing. For me as a follower of Jesus, because that sin has been paid for so that I'm now connected with God, I have this opportunity not to have to resist on my own and, and hopefully my willpower holds up, but I can actually just turn it over to Jesus and, and you know, acknowledge it to him and give it to him. Um, I want to share that with my neighbor. Let's talk about how we do that. How do we have that? So I don't want to just shout out a prayer. I just want to talk to my neighbor about <laughs> about how I deal with temptation. So I've had conversations before where I say with my husband, especially I'll say like, I don't have willpower. I have God power because my willpower is not really good. Right. 
like I'll say things like that, which I think kind of just is exactly what it is, right? Mm-hmm. I have no willpower. I'm very bad at being a human. <laughs> But God helps me be a better. Or you are you are very exactly like humans are. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean, in the general society, it's like everybody's striving to be a better human, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the vernacular of everything. And I'm not a good human, but God makes me a better human. Yeah, that's a that's a different topic. But I am so bad at self improvement, and I'm right. I'm so okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I want to go back here. So, um, so this is what we get to do as as jesus followers we get to and you you've done this aaron just illustrated it for us announce acknowledge that to jesus turn it over to him what what let's talk now about what good does that do why is that valuable why is that helpful what does it do for you when you approach temptation that way the other thing we have that go ahead i think temptation can be a really lonely place Mm mm-hmm Because I think when you're being tempted by something, depending on how big it is, or even small, there comes with it a bit of pride, right? And you're like, I don't want to admit weakness to somebody. I don't want to show this person that I can't handle whatever is happening, right? Like there's a lot of pride wrapped up in the temptation. And so I think by relying on God, we have somebody to put that temptation on. Mm -hmm. Whereas our everyday neighbors don't necessarily have anybody to confide in or to put their temptations on, because how will that person look at me different if I tell them what I'm feeling? How will that person, you know, and I think it, it makes it more of a, I don't, I don't know how to say it, but it makes it more of like a, like an, uh, just like a failing to put Mm -hmm. it on somebody else. Whereas when you're putting it on God, he knows all everything everywhere anyway. So I have a safe place to offload this. Right. Um, And I can say things without repercussions because people have feelings. So like if you were the guy that was thinking about somebody at work, right, you can't come home and tell your wife that she might react very poorly to that disclosure. Well, hopefully she will, she will react supportively, but it it is going, she will have feelings about it. Right. Again, we're all human. So like, it's it's not free to say those things to your wife. Right. And I know if I put it on God, he's not going to react poorly. He already knows I'm thinking things, right? He already knows that I'm. I contemplate like strangling my children sometimes. And it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, not literally, but you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, it's a safe place. I th- yeah. Yeah. Safe I, place. Think it's a, I think it's, I think like the, as far as like the offloading thing too, it's kind of like when you actually have to, when you say it or you kind of like release it out into the air, whether it's to another person or to God, you're like, there's no denying that you are tempted then any, anymore. Like, you know, like, cause a lot of times people try Wait, to say that again. I didn't quite catch it. There's no denying that you are. Tempted. Tempted. That you are tempted. Okay. Like you can't deny that you're tempted anymore because a lot of people, when they're tempted, you know, like if it's a desire, like to some degree, some people you have, you can have a, a struggle to release that, to like say that like this is a bad thing because it's maybe something that like, you know, maybe in a bad way you want that. You, you know, it's a, if it's a desire, it's something you kind of in a weird way fantasize about or whatever. When you have that, if you don't say like, I am being tempted right now, like you're going to continuously let it be like internal. And that makes it so much harder just to like realize in the yes. moment, if you're going to give into that temptation, because I, if I don't, if I don't share it, I'm, I'm going to just bottle it and be like, Oh yeah, I've got this, you know, eventually it will get me. Yep. But, yeah. but 
the the flip side of that have you ever had this experience what happens when you say it either you, you say it in a prayer to jesus or you share it with another another trusted believer when you say it out loud what happens to it it instantly lowers my blood pressure like 15 degrees <laughs> yes it loses its power a little bit it's Absolutely. it's easier to carry right it, it doesn't feel as big anymore yes um and that's for me that's the so partly well because it's also like then you're like yeah it's like you when you release it out there then it's like, okay, well, it's going to be a little bit more obvious if like, you know, I'm giving into this temptation, you know, like, you know, someone's going to be like, Hey, like you check in and you kind of like, can like notice the things that. Um, so there's that some positive accountability the, that comes along yeah, with and, it. And it's like, and so then almost you, you have the other subconscious part of you now going, well, if this person knows, and yet here I am maybe still thinking about it or still like giving mm -hmm. into this temptation. And then it's going to be like, you almost start to feel like guilty, like that person knows it's not just like in my head and I can just handle it on my own. Right. So, so I have, I have, um, confided in Austin this or that struggle that I'm dealing with. Um, he has, you know, sat with me, prayed with me. I can't now then go and do that thing. <laughs> I totally, I totally feel that all the time. I use that to my advantage from, from time to time. So mm -hmm. by the way, if you're listening, and you're and you're a Jesus follower. Find another trusted Jesus follower because you can use that to your advantage. Yes, that's true. Um, but I kind of I kind of want to just put all this together in, in a. I want to package it all together and kind of wrap up there, if that's okay. Because mm -hmm. um, I think we've had a really nice conversation about um, how to respond in a in a Jesus way uh, when those around us are tempted. When I myself is what what I can share. Um, when the, when my friends and neighbors and coworkers are, are facing temptation. So again, it won't necessarily sound like that. They won't necessarily use those words. Uh, but as Aaron pointed out to us, you're looking for um, willpower, uh, resist, um, things along those lines. Um, struggle. Struggle. Struggle, that's a good one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, when, you, when, when you hear that, you were in a you were in a you were in a faith conversation. They don't necessarily know, but you were in a faith conversation. Step one, as Austin again pointed for us, if you if you struggle like that, then it's it's maybe it's safe to share that. If your struggle is not quite like that, then it's then it's still good to acknowledge. Yeah, I don't struggle in quite that way, but I also I also face things um, that would cause me damage or that go against who I want to be. Um, that's a way of relating to, you know, the person you're talking to probably won't say my struggle is sinful, but it's not who they want to be. Um, and so that's a way of relating that. Next, what can we share with them that's positive, that's helpful? One thing that really helps me when I'm in a, a place and when I'm struggling with something um, that's less than what I want to be when my willpower is weighing down or wearing down. One thing that really helps me is I just, I acknowledge that I, I say it to Jesus and I give it to him. Uh, and maybe that sounds weird, but when I do that, um, it makes it easier to carry. It loses some of its power over me. Um, whether I share it with a, another one, we'll stop there. Um, I, I give it to him and it loses some of its power. It's easier to carry. Um, and to me, I, I think that's the, um, the whole conversation. And I want to say one more thing. I want to say that when somebody is feeling comfortable enough to share with you something that they're struggling with, don't say something like, 
yeah, I'm tempted by sin too, because again, that goes back to the Christianese of it. And then they could be like yeah. taken aback by it. And then they'll just instantly shut down, which has happened to me before. So you definitely want to live in their vernacular, which we've talked about before, mm-hmm. but I think in this specific situation, like staying away from the word sin is probably a good idea. Right. Yeah. Because there are ways that sin, again, if you can think about the ways that sin shows itself and right. talk about those. Yes. Uh, sin causes me to do things that would put my relationship in danger, causes me to do things that would put my job in danger, causes me to do things that are not who I want to be, that go against my values. Yeah. And so you don't have to say the sin part. You can just say that part, the way sin yeah. looks. Yeah. Well said. That's helpful. Okay. And the, well, I'll put one more, one more caveat in, not caveat, but one more uh, and also. Um, because one thing that I just thought about, again, it's not always true. Saying, doing what Aaron did, saying that prayer, uh, I'm, I'm struggling with this thing. I, I give that over to Jesus. Sure. Um, not yet. Um, (laughs) You will. (laughs) Yes. Um, I'm struggling with this thing. I have this desire. I give that over to Jesus. It does kind of lighten it. It, it, it. It makes the struggle a little easier, but I may have to repeat that a dozen times. Oh, it, yeah. it, it will pop back up again. Yeah. Um, and so I just want to say you can still do this process. You can still share this this piece of good news with, with someone, even if it's not a magic fix. And, and you also way, don't have to have all of your temptations and all of your stuff. You don't have mm-hmm. to be perfect either to be helping yeah. someone else. You know, try yeah, to so, go through their things. So we're not telling our neighbors. I say this. I say this to Jesus, and magically it's gone. No, I say it to Jesus. I say this. I turn it over to Him, and it helps a little. And a little bit later, it might ramp up again, and, and I, I do it over. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I think it's good for people to see like you doing that because then like with my kids anyway, when they hear me say, Lord, help me with this child, then they're like, "Uh oh, we did. We, we, we need to back up a bit. <laughs> She's calling <laughs> in I, the Lord. <laughs> right. And then I get a lot of like, I love you, mom. I love you, mom. Mm-hmm. Then I get a lot of that afterwards. But yeah. So it's, I mean, it's a good example both ways, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, All that right. seems like a good place to wrap up. Absolutely. Pastor Jason, would you mind uh, praying for us today? Yeah, it's been a while since I prayed. I will. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, thank you for the example that you give us in your word. Um, thank you for withstanding temptation on our behalf uh, so that uh, now we can um, face it not alone, that we can face it with you by our side, uh, so that now we have that opportunity to tell, say to you, uh, to turn those things that we struggle with, uh, those things that would lead us toward uh, what we what we don't want to be, uh, that we can turn that over to you. And thank you for that uh, that little bit of help that that provides. Lord, as we uh, find ourselves in, in conversation with friends and neighbors and coworkers who do struggle against the same things, uh, even if they label it or name it differently, um, open our eyes, open our hearts, uh, give us give us these words to be able to share that uh, that invitation with them that we have a um, an opportunity uh, to turn it over to you, and and that helps us. In Jesus' name, we pray that. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us, and we'll uh, see you all next week. Yep. Have a great week. Bye. Thanks for joining us for the Pack the House Show. 
more content like this or to connect with us, visit our website, cornerstonelutheran.church.